Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. Uh, the NHL news is kind of popping all over the place today and has been for the past little while now. Beyond the NHL as well, we'll probably talk a little bit about that. Uh, but let's start with the trade that kind of kicked off this week, or I guess technically it happened on Saturday, right? So technically last yeah. week. But um, last week... The PLD Patrick Line trade finally goes down from Winnipeg and Columbus. And boy, <laughs> I mean, the stuff happening behind these two trades is pretty wild. Neither player seemed particularly happy where they were before the trade. We'll see what happens in their new cities. Um, pretty. Pretty tough. A lot of teams were in on PLD, but nobody could match Patrick Line. It seems AJ. Yeah, I think you know there were a lot of teams, including Colorado, that checked in, <laughs> that checked in on the availability of PLD. And the biggest thing was is that Patrick Line was the best NHL player that they were going to get in return. There were other packages that involved more picks or prospects. Young guys, you know, whatever, right? Like, it really came down to what does Columbus want to prioritize? Because getting Pat, give, giving up a center, your top center at that, for Patrick Line, not like amazing value, right? Like, it's not that great, but when you realize, like, they were not getting. Nick Suzuki out of Montreal. Yeah. You know, they they were going to struggle to get Alex Newhook from a call a team like Colorado. Like when you when you realize that that just wasn't gonna happen, take Patrick Line. You know, yep. you're you're not gonna get you're just not gonna get a guy that's going to be able to come in and immediately contribute at the, at his level. And I mean Patrick Laine still has the potential to be a, a 50 goal scorer in the NHL. Like he still could be the guy that we all thought he was two years ago. It's just been a rough couple of seasons. So I'm, I, I, I think it's the rare, I think it's the rare win-win honestly. And uh, I'm, I, I, it makes sense for both teams. And to be honest, Pierre Luc Dubois next to Mark Shifley in Winnipeg makes the Jets a goddamn problem. It doesn't really feel like, certainly on the Jets side, I don't think they got worse. They kind of changed their, how they look, but they're still, they traded a top six player for a top six player and, Roslovic was Winnipeg just wasn't getting the value out of him that I'm not, I don't know if they could have gotten more value necessarily. Yeah, I mean, they could have given him more opportunity and sure. we're going to get, we'll touch on this in a sec. Okay. Uh, and then on the other side, line a, I think it'll be an interesting dynamic with lining in Columbus. Uh, I do wonder a little bit about their center depth without PLD. 
but well, you have to. I mean, you know, Grigorenko comes back from the KHL, and it's like, is he really going to be like now? He's now he's a guy that they kind of need to do well. Yeah, you know, it was one of the big things when they got Max Domi was, oh, hey, they can they can now move Boom Jenner back to the wall where he's seen the most success in his career. And now it's like, okay, well, Alexander Teshier and Grigorenko are now going to have to step up. Yeah, yeah. And, and Liam Foody. Like, it, it, the, the, this is the conversation, though, is that it's like, it's, it's a bunch of unproven guys. And I think that's where it hurts Columbus particularly is you're trading a relatively young proven player yeah, and you're trading him out for directly a bunch of young unproven centers. Yes, you get a proven Patrick Line in the deal, which is great. You're going to enjoy what Patrick Line brings if you're in Columbus, but you have a lot more question marks than I think what Winnipeg does bringing in PLD, who now gets to drop into the lineup in a top six. That was already very, very solid. Even when you directly change out PLD for line. A. Yeah. Um, Winnipeg's strength was already in its wings. Yep. You know, between Blake Wheeler, Kyle Connor, Nikolai Ehlers, Patrick line, they were set. Like they they could they could afford this price, and you keep in mind they get they get PLD, they have they still have Mark Shifley. They just drafted Cole Perfetti. Cole Perfetti no longer has to be that dynamic center, where there was a real question mark about is he going to be able to stick in the middle of the ice with his skating. Now he didn't have to. True. So it's. I'm, I'm, I honestly, I like the deal a lot for Winnipeg. I think it's a really, really, the, the fit of Dubois is really good. And the only fear is we're giving up a guy that's going to win a Rocket Richard. And not, like, a, well, not, a, not like a small fear. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly that's a, that's a very realistic concern that you'd have to have. Uh, and then Jack Roslevic, um, that uh, Paul Paul Maurice did not get the most out of Jack Roslevic. Uh last year. They had injury. They had injuries. Uh, you know, Brian Little. They didn't have a second line center. They could have easily just given him thirty games and been like, "Oh, let's see how this goes." That did not happen. Uh, there, I I walk out of that feeling as a a guy who really liked Roslevic in his draft year, as a guy that has watched a lot of Winnipeg over the last few years. I I've walked I walk out of that relationship thinking that Paul Maurice didn't did Jack Rosovic no favors. This was not this was not like Tyson Jost in Colorado where he just kept getting fed opportunity after opportunity and things just weren't working out. It like he got ice time, he played games, but it was just consistently it was just consistently not yeah. It, it just wasn't working out between them. And and I just think uh, Roslovic, you know, he's going back home in Columbus. It could work out really, really well for them. And if it does, that'd be awesome. Like, great. 
that helps their center depth a lot if Jack Roslovic lives up to his potential and they end up with two top six players out of this. I would just be very surprised if that happened. Um, I, I'm I'm not I'm not thinking that Roslovic has a lot more to give as an NHL player. I as much as I don't think Paul Maurice did him any favors, I really. The, as much as I watched Roslevic, it I just don't think it. The there was there was a reason the rest of the yeah. league was not banging down the door to trade for the guy. They've watched him. They've got scouting reports on him. They. But when you invest a first round pick in years of development, I I think that they they owed themselves better in terms of having given him a legitimate long look to answer some questions. Instead, it just felt like they they were stubborn about it and they were like, Paul Maurice was like, I'm not doing this. I just won't. Yeah. It's and that's it continues to be a really big question in in Winnipeg because guys keep leaving. Yeah. Um, There continue to be conversations. Was Patrick Laine immature? Was he a little too happy-go-lucky and comfortable with, you know, not having to push himself to be a better NHL player? Maybe. But where's the, where's the accountability? Well, it's, I mean, it's tough, right? At the same time, you have these articles coming out of, people like Blake Wheeler saying they wish they handled the situation differently. And this entire trade is PLD at the end, clearly wanted out of Columbus to the point of something happened there. Desperation. Uh, Roslovic had wanted out for a while. There had been rumors surrounding line. wanting out for a while. And I, this trade just seems extremely unique in that regard in that, not only is it a blockbuster trade in the NHL, but all of these guys seem to want a change of scenery at the same time. And I'm, I'm trying to think of another trade similar to that, but. Uh, well, it didn't involve change of scenery, but Johansson for Jones is probably the last one that we've seen. That's kind of like this similar. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that, I like it for Winnipeg, but I worry that the root of their problems is still there. And in Paul Winnipeg's Maurice and, case, and have been there forever. Yeah. Winnipeg's case, we've talked before on this show about how they struggle to keep players in Winnipeg. Not saying that'll be the case with PLD, but now you're talking about you go back a handful of years. This isn't the first time people have wanted out with the whole Evander Kane situation there, who has his own whole set of drama going on right now. Yeah. But well, at the time it was just like, well, Evander Kane sucks as a dude. And yeah, now it's like, okay, so does Patrick line suck as a dude? What about the other guys that have quietly left in the off season when their contracts expired? And they were just like, it's something rotten in Winnipeg basically is the question. Well, and it's, it makes you wonder because when you have the same guys at the top, and you have you have a fan base. Trust me, they have a fan base that's frustrated. Uh, I hear about it. I hear the frustration. <laughs> I believe you do. <laughs> um, you know, and and they had. I mean, you have a you have a potential generational goal scorer on your hands, and in his early twenties, he's desperate to leave. 
What have you done? Not a good feel for sure. Yeah. Like, did you just choose Blake Wheeler, the end of Blake Wheeler's career over Patrick Line's prime? I mean, yes. <laughs> what does that end up looking like? We'll see. You know, the, I tell you, I, I like this a hell of a lot more, uh, getting PLD and solving their center, their center questions for the foreseeable future. They, cause them writing, them writing, Shifley and, and PLD down the middle for the next five years, I they're they're done. Yeah. And I'm not I'm genuinely not worried about Dubois signing there. His dad his dad coaches in Manitoba. He seemed so thrilled to to be traded. I sat in on some of those calls and he looked like a man reborn. He was so he just looked it, it kind of reminded me of Duchesne where it was just like, I need it out of here and I'm out and I'm so happy to be away from it. And he's going to a place that makes a lot of sense for him. So I'm, I, and look, this is a central division problem long-term. This is, yeah. an, this is an abs division, right? This year doesn't, doesn't matter one damn bit, but Probably next year, in, in or at least the immediate future of the league, if they go back to the standard divisions. Yeah, yeah. In the future, which what center combination in the central division is better than Shifley and Dubois? Because I don't know that McKinnon Kadri is it. I don't know if McKinnon Kadri is it. McKinnon Newhook might be though. It it could be, but that's I mean that's we're still talking a couple of years of projection here. Sure, sure. But you look you look down that division, you look through the central and it's like I mean you have you have St. Louis with uh with O'Reilly and then I guess is is Braden Shen their long-term 2C? Like what's going on there? Yeah, I don't really have faith in St. Louis down the middle. Dallas you know, is not going to continue to it's it's well Dallas is still Sagan and exactly who right um Chicago's Kirby Doc and Jonathan Taves depending on like what's Health up with him is, yeah uh and that's that's pretty intriguing and it's in in I mean is it Taves ain't getting any younger even if he is healthy he's still like, like he's still a quality player and and if they're not asking him to be the one C anymore I think that helps him a lot, and the ten million dollar contract ends, okay. and so when he's when he's on the book for books for like five million on his next Looks deal, a whole lot better. Yeah, yeah. I think I think they feel a lot better about how Jonathan Taves is aging. Yeah, um, but but then I mean, you look Arizona, not a big deal. Minnesota in the NHL right now. Arizona and <laughs> Minnesota don't have any centers today. Like Marco Rossi down the future again. This is that's projection though. Yeah. So I'm the, the the one thing that you can you can't say or that you can't say about Dubois is that you're not guessing. Yep. You know that you're getting a horse of a center. You're getting a strong play driving center and a guy who, you know, his defensive results have not been great to this point in his career, but he puts the work in. And I, I would not be surprised if in a couple of years he's one of the better two-way two-way guys in the league. He prototypically he's 
the perfect 2C, right? Given his build, given the way he's capable of playing hockey, you put him in behind a, a Shifley who's going to be the, the bigger producer. And you just let him rip, basically. <laughs> Straight up, man. Don't think twice about it. And Winnipeg still has to solve some defensive question marks, I think. There were, and that's the thing, though, is that there were two big what's going on and what's what's Winnipeg going to do this year. Who's their second-line center? And they went and they got Paul Stasny. It's a mess, yeah. And it's like, okay, well, Paul Stasny, Paul Stasny is not the Paul Stasny that we are accustomed to. Of the yep. like, He's aged, and yep. he's probably more of a good 3C now. He can do that now. Knowing Paul Maurice, one of those guys will probably end up on the friggin' wing because he just can't help himself but make bad decisions. So now, you know, now it's like, okay, now if Paul Stasny's a winger, he loses a lot of his value, in my opinion. And the big thing is, is still what's going on defensively. Because they're still struggling to find room to play Billy Hinola, even though in the NHL, the games he's actually played, he's looked good and he's produced good results. And they don't want to play him because they're dicking around with Logan Stanley and Derek Forbort and Nathan Bullio. All these guys that it's just like, I, Logan Stanley, I understand. They drafted him in the first round, they've developed him, they want to see what's going on. I mean, yeah, but he's bad. But at least you can at least understand why they want to give him the look, sure, right? Sure. What are you doing with Derek Forbort? That guy's proven bad. Yeah. I, I don't have an argument for it. I do have an argument for our first period of break, though, with Chevalier Mortgage, both Mike and Virginia, local business here. They've been doing it for a long time and longtime supporters of us here at DNVR. So head on over to dnvrmortgage.com. You get your chance to win some free DNVR gear and also get set up with a free consultation to discuss all of your options. Mike and Virginia will work tirelessly to find the best loan for your situation. You've probably heard about the great mortgage rates out there right now, but Mike and Virginia are not your typical mortgage company. They have phenomenal rates, yes, but what makes them different is Mike is a certified financial planner, and they look at so much more than just the rate when designing your home loan. So jump in there now. Again, that's dnvrmortgage.com, or you can call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578. Michael Chevalier, NMLS 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS 1910631. Of course, we're also sponsored by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. You can get yourself a ton of opportunity to win some cash up here in the coming weeks with Super Bowl 55 not too far out. Their golden ticket giveaway with up to $55 million in prizes is up for grabs. All you have to do is get in on this action and you have your chance to win up to a million dollars and a chance to win a free instant prize of up to 25,000. So they're basically giving away tons of money to tons of people. Just head on over to draftkingscom sportsbook to get yourself entered over the past 
eight years, DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to its players. So tons of different stuff going on there. Again, when you sign up for a new account, be sure to use that DNVR code to get in on that free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Instant cha- instant prize of up to 25000 maximum prize of up to a million if you are correct on your predictions. Terms, conditions, and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by that DraftKings Sportsbook with Rudo and AJ. Rudo, AJ, do we want to... Do we want to get into the NWHL stuff that's ongoing, or should we stick with some of this NHL news first? I want to see how it continues to play out first. All right. Fair I enough. wanted to come in today and talk about it, and then things just keep happening, and so it's like, we'll see how this is going. All right. We'll, we'll see how it's going. In the meantime, with the alley. Go whale. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what all I, I got to say about it. That is, that is the DNVR adopted team. It's, a it is our the team. Now. it's the yep. the three of us have decided, and then Michaela as well has also jumped aboard the pod. We're gonna get a bunch of people, and there's they have a bunch of games on TV. I believe we do have the channels for some. Nighthawk was telling me that we should play them at the bar over the weekend, so we'll all see what I can do. She's a Minnesota fan. I told her best of luck to well, her until until it was time to play the whale. Oh, I know, but. She has only bad takes when it comes to sports teams. We love her still. Oh, yeah, she's awesome. I finally got to go and meet her last night. And no, not go six, not go Buttes. Actually, I do like the Buttes, but I had to choose the whale because I had to be part of this team because we're going to be watching them and talking about them. So That's right. Anyways, I'll try and see if I can get the games on, um, on the TV at the bar, and I'll let you guys know, and that way we can watch some hockey, more hockey. Their uh, their next game is in like an hour. Yeah, the whale play on Twitch TV at three thirty today. You cannot play Twitch, so watch it from so your homes. <laughs> bring your laptop to the bar. There you go. That's another great and way. And watch do it. it on your laptop. Easy. All right. Either way, we are part of the pod here at the DNVR podcast. So yeah, pod squad up and out here. Yeah. Uh, Pod Squad is the perfect name for it. <laughs> Moving back into the NHL and their situation. Didn't hasn't canceled any games yet, but we did see Vegas Golden Knights having to quarantine their coaches for a game. As AJ does a big old eye roll on me here. I guess we're just having to believe that they've come in. They've not come into close proximity with their players. Yeah, somehow. Um, I guess. I guess the the time that they spent at the arena on the ice together, standing there talking and doing whatever, just magically doesn't count. I I don't know. I don't. I thought it was so weird that they were like the entire coaching staff out of out of an abundance of caution is quarantined from the rest of the team. I don't know. I've been, look, the NHL's in an impossible spot here, as all the sports leagues have been. They've all made it up. It's It's been dumb with all of them. It's been dumb with the NHL. The Stars, the Stars have like three games played so far this year. Half the Central Division has had their schedules pushed. Carolina had issues. I mean, it's just been a whole thing. 
Yep. The the nice part is that it hasn't affected the western the west at all so far. I tell you though, if uh, if something happens to Vegas or Colorado, the NHL is going to be so mad about that outdoor game <laughs> when it turns into an NHL game. Yeah. I wonder it's if be the Silver Knights and the Eagles. Ooh, yikes! Could be uh could be well. Honestly, wouldn't feel that different from that LA outdoor game, probably at that point, to be honest. Yeah. Just gross hockey all the way around. Um, yeah. So that happened. I don't know. We'll monitor the situation in the Western Division, see how things shake out with that. But so far, so good for the Avs as they've mostly avoided anything going on with that. Um, they play San Jose again tomorrow and then Minnesota, which neither of those teams have had any trouble. Uh, San Jose, they're still playing in Arizona for their home games, right? They haven't been let back into the city. Yeah. So that's a little weird, but they haven't been let back into. The, yeah. It's, it band. sounds like it's like closed off because the purge is happening. <laughs> and they're like, oh, sure. You guys can't go home while this is going on. Yep. Nothing to see here. Move along. <laughs> yeah. This, they have the sharks of the Eric Andre beam with them, like, let me in! Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, the Avs appear to have broken the San Jose Sharks as well as they made a three-way trade for what? someone. What? The San Jose Sharks traded for Christian Jaros. All right. The Sens get Jack Kapaka and a 2022 seventh. And the Ducks get Trevor Carrick. Neat. What I want to know is how the hell did a third team get involved in those conversations? The, like, just bit pieces getting moved around. Yeah. You know what we need here? Oh, you know the ducks. The ducks called us about Trevor Carrick like a week ago. Let's see if we can get them involved in this. <laughs> I guess it. Maybe it's. Uh... I swear to God, there are nights where NHL GMs get drunk in the group chat, you stupid, and stuff. they just fire off these random proposals and are like, you know, what well, would be fun? You know, Bob our. Bob, our Western scout, is always loved Trevor Trevor Carrick and won't won't uh, you know won't stop talking about him, et cetera, et cetera. I'll just get him just to shut him up because I can't have that conversation anymore. Boom! There you go. One glass of scotch too many, and the next thing you know, you're in a three way deal involving essentially nobody. Is, I mean, maybe it's like a COVID thing, and they were like, yeah, we're not sitting around waiting for Trevor Carrick to go through quarantine to come to Canada. So they had to ship him to the Ducks instead or something. Yeah, I I have no idea, uh, honestly. I'm How some of this stuff comes about, I have no idea. Yeah, anyway. Just to it happened. Random, right. random odd trade that happened immediately after the Avs dunked on them. Yeah, Doug Wilson watched last night's game and got so upset that he was like, I have to do something. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, yeah, on, on the other side of, of having to do some things, and I don't really know, I just saw this right 
before we went live on today's show, Jim Rutherford officially resigning as the GM of the Pittsburgh Penguins, which is disappointing to me because I was hoping that I'd talk to him on the street one day and come away with a three-year contract the way Pittsburgh gives out long-term deals. But Dude, I mean, was that not shaping up to be the most obvious landing spot for Ryan Graves in a year? Right. <laughs> The way they uh, hand out candy like Jack Johnson and otherwise. Yeah, I mean, well, just the way that, uh, like, like if Justin Barron impresses or Drew yeah, Ellison right. continues or something, you know. Nah, and then, nah, and then nah, the nah, abs nah, are like, yeah. can, we can save $2 million on this guy's contract. And Pittsburgh's like, oh, what's that? We're, we're some, Somebody's cap dumping a defenseman around the league who's big. Jim, Jim Rutherford's like the first guy in that line. Yep. I don't know, man. I'm. That's crazy to me. You have a super chat from Pin King. Thank you very much. Telling us to take a look at Sportsnet and that there was another trade. I wish I could just look at Sportsnet in the NHL or in the USA. Just turn that on real quick. Let's see. What else went down on on according to Sportsnet? Is that just the uh, the Kapaka part of the trade? Because we got to that part. That's all I see. Man. Unless it's some other trade that I, that hasn't come through on their Twitter yet, I don't see anything new. But let me know if it's something else, Pin King. Um, I always like when uh, stuff happens in the middle of our show, and we're just like. All right, guess we'll react to this live. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Absolutely. The times that that has happened, we've gotten the best reaction videos of AJ. <laughs> so people are instantly tweeting at me, clip that, we need that. <laughs> yeah, the Taze thing was fun. Yeah, Taze worked out pretty well. Yeah, we, we just talked about the Kapaka thing as it somehow San Jose turned that into a three-way, so... Neat. You know, a, a trick more dudes wish they could pull. True. Honestly. <laughs> I see. Just saying. Yep. And, you know. <laughs> the disappointed mom face from Ali has been perfected. We need Evan's couch to pull that off. I she guess. didn't She didn't need to have kids to learn that. She just needed to produce the abs. Yeah, product. right. Honestly, just all of you. I just needed to work at DNVR to have that. I love you guys, but truly. Yeah. <laughs> I saw somebody say it was like trying to herd cats. Trying to trying to keep all of us uh trying to keep all of us uh, uh yep. in line last night as we were all over the map. Yep. It was fun though. It was very accurate. It was a great show. It was a lot of fun. I, a lot of people commented on the show. This morning, Ian tweeted at us that they one of their be- their favorite post game podcasts. So Thursday tomorrow, we've got another yeah. one coming for you. Yep, more awesomeness if the Avs drop another seven for sure. Yeah, if that happens, I might get drunk again. <laughs> uh, AJ, at risk of poor timing for this question, you more of a force choke or a force lightning kind of guy? Uh, Star Wars is stupid. Wow. You're going to dress like a Sith Lord and then come out and say that? You know that? what? I'm cold. All right? And <laughs> if, if I have to, if I if dressing like a Sith Lord is how I'm going to stay warm, 
then that's far on me. <laughs> all right. All right. Sorry. He claimed it's just stupid. It's bad. I'll correct myself. You just haven't watched the good Star Wars stuff. That's all. I watched the cartoons. Those are good. The animated yeah, stuff is That's good. exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, the your, animated stuff is legit, man. Your hatred for Star Wars might be one of the things I hate most about you. It's not <laughs> hatred. It's just not good. You can't look at those nine main movies and be like, oh, yeah, this is quality material. It's good. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Sure. Good. You have you have awful acting and worse writing, the and it's are definitely bad. The pre, you know, it's funny because I when I went in to watch them, uh, I had no expectations because everybody had said the prequels were bad, and then I watched like Revenge of the Sith and was like, I mean, this the writing isn't very good, but. The movie's actually kind of interesting. Like, if there had been better writing and better acting, I, it, it had a, it had a chance to be good. If, if you know everything about the movie was better, it might be good. It's just well, it, like there were parts of it that I found intriguing. Whereas, like the second movie, I was so bored. I was like, yeah, the second one is maybe like the worst movie ever made. And obviously, like Phantom Menace, everybody likes everybody likes the pod racing because it was the only time during Phantom Menace that anybody was awake. So, <laughs> you know, those three movies—that's a third of the of the main storyline—and they're bad. Yep. So, and I'm I'm of the opinion that Empire Strikes Back is one of the most overrated movies ever. So, I really liked Return of the Jedi, though. I legitimately really liked that movie. All right. All right. The, the three most recent ones are fun to watch, but holy shit, they're bad movies. What I hate about the recent ones is just the sexism for the women and the, who are playing the leads in those, which I think they're badass, and I think that's dope. I grew up watching Star Wars. Story. So to me, like my love for Star Wars is just something that I associate my childhood to. And the fact that there's the, these badass women now in here like being amazing and people are like, that's not what Star Wars should be, is probably what I hate most. But I really like those movies. Yeah, by far the worst thing about Star Wars is Star Wars fans. Like the crazy over the top one. Yeah. I had I had an I had an abs fan block me because I thought Obi Wan sucked as a as a character, and he was like, "Dude, they're like I don't like your hockey opinion." Anyway, but this was this was too far, and I would have I would totally I loved Rogue One. I thought it was really good. But I when I bag on Star Wars, it's the it's the Skywalker storyline. It's the nine main movies. <laughs> Because a lot of the side stuff is good. I've played a lot of the video games that I've enjoyed. They've been fine. Uh, Rogue One was awesome. Solo is a totally digestible action movie, as long as you have no emotional connection to it whatsoever. I mean, I think that's the key. Like All of the like one-off movies, I think, are generally enjoyable because... Yeah. There's a lot less of the attached stuff to them. And then, like for 7, 8, and 9... They just took the series completely off the rails in that in them. Like, first of all, seven is just episode four again, like step for step. Yep. <laughs> and then it's a reskinned New Hope. 
Yeah, and then eight and nine, they're like, what if we just break all the rules and laws of this universe in using the force? And it turns out you can do whatever you want, basically. Yeah, everything, like, I love that we spent a movie and a half training Luke on how to do things. And then Ray was just like, I got this. <laughs> oh, by the way, I could uh, force heal, which, you know, is basically impossible. The whole reason that. Darth Vader turned evil is because you can't force heal. Uh, anyway, I have not seen a Mandalorian, but I, um, I I do look forward to watching it someday. People, people, people that have good opinions on things are big fans, so I'm I'm excited to watch it. It being in the Star Wars universe won't deter me. I just my my big thing is always that I just don't like the main movie line. I don't I don't think they're good movies. A little bit sidetracked ourselves there, but we can take our second period to break with Hassle Cattle Company. We brought you damn good beer. Now we're bringing you damn good beef. Their Wagyu beef burgers are to die for. They won the Food Network's Northeast Burger Jam, and they also offer you Wagyu in a bunch of different types of options, including smoked sausage, New York strip, beef bacon, Wagyu frank, jerky flavors as well. They call it the blue collar Wagyu because it's the best Wagyu that every man or woman can afford. They're down from out of Texas, and they will ship anywhere in the USA. See that code at the bottom of the screen? Get 10% off when you use code DNVR10 at HassleCattleCompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L, CattleCompany.com. And when you buy over $200 worth of meat, you'll get free shipping as well. So check them out today, and you will not be disappointed. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Looking around the league here, no one this year, I guess maybe Montreal. Montreal is the one team where it feels like they've really maximized their point getting so far outside of Dallas and Florida, who are technically 3-0, and but they've only played three games because of their weirdness. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been – there's been parity in the NHL this year, which – isn't unusual, but we haven't seen anyone get off to a truly crazy hot start like Boston did last year. There's no one just tearing the league apart and uh, and destroying it. Is that good? Is that bad? I mean, obviously, three of the divisions that doesn't really affect the Avalanche, but I mean, I think I think I think it's good. You don't want you don't want anybody just. Unless it's, unless it's you, right? Like, you don't want anyone I mean, dunking on the league. You think? From, from like, a league standpoint, right? What what brings in the most casual fans? It's a It tends to be, like, a dominant force in the league. And it, it creates this weird dichotomy, right, where all these casual fans end up bandwagoning and fair-weathering. But... You know, to, to be honest, I don't think any of us have any idea what the hell appeals to casual fans. I feel like I feel like we're all so far down the rabbit hole that we get into the minutia of like, oh, but casuals are into this or that. And it's like, how many casual fans do you know? Hockey just isn't a casual sport. It's the most tribal of all the sports in North America. There's nothing more hardcore than a hockey fan. A casual hockey fandom is something that's almost completely foreign to me. I have no idea. I, 
that brings up a good point. My argument is more based on like historical trends when you look at the Golden State Warriors a handful of years ago. You, you know, you can do it even further back in basketball and go with Michael Jordan's Nuggets, Nuggets, uh, Michael Jordan's Bulls. Um, it, kind of the same thing in, in baseball over the years. You have the Yankees and the Red Sox in their superpower eras. Those are the type of things that tend to get sports on a more national scale, I think. Yeah. But but you're right in in the fact that the NHL just doesn't operate that way in the sense of you're very much in or out as an NHL fan. There's yeah, not really like, that middle ground. You're you're going all in. If if casual fans are watching for fights, then they don't like hockey at all anymore. Yeah. Because fighting is it's not dead, but fighting is not part of it's not a predominant part of the game anymore. It has a it it has its place in the sport. It still exists, but it's 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 very limited across the league. Yep. You remember you used to see a fight every night, like the the fourth line enforcers would roll out and punch each other, and that was it. Like the coaches would wait for that that moment where it was like it's time for some good old gladiator combat on the ice. What? And now you just don't see that anymore. Almost all fights these days are reactions to hits. One team would go down two goals, and the team training was like, "All right, my team needs to pick me up." And the NHL had stupid, unwritten rules, so the other team couldn't say no. When someone rolled out there, it was like, "Got to fight, bud. We're yeah. fighting." Well, and, and I do think you know, as Chad has mentioned, though that that a, a dominant player, yeah, really helps. helps. How much? How much is it hurting the NHL as a whole right now that? Connor McDavid career is being wasted in Edmonton. <laughs> well, like Connor McDavid, like how much did it help the NHL that Sidney Crosby and Alexander Ovechkin had the rivalry that they did? They were in the same conference and that they played each other in the postseason all the time. Yep. Like the rest of the league got sick of hearing about it. But were you tuning in when they played each other in the playoffs? I watched. <laughs> Because I was like, this is the this is the rivalry. This is the battle in the NHL these days. How much is it hurting them? Yeah, that's true. It, that Edmonton, Connor McDavid is like struggling to make the postseason every single year. Edmonton's made it out of the first round once so far. Well, not only that, but the guy that won the heart last year, same thing. Yeah. Dry side. You know, and you look at the top three in the heart voting last year, and it was a, a team that lost in the play-in round, two, I guess two teams that lost in the play-in round, one of which would have been a playoff team and the other one wouldn't have been had things been normal. <laughs> and then Nathan McKinnon, a yep. great player on a good team, like a legit cup contender. That's what they, that's what they need. Like, the Battle of Alberta is awesome and everybody gets really excited about it. But when the Battle of Alberta is very quietly the battle for fifth fucking place, nobody cares. <laughs> it doesn't do the league any good to have Matthew Kachuk going and Zach Cassian going crazy when these when all of these people are fighting for relevancy. Like these teams are just barely scraping by. It's it's it, I think it crushes the league. I think it just it hurts them that some of its singular talents are wasted on bad teams. I think it's a big reason why they're desperate for the Rangers to be good. 
I yeah, I mean, I agree. Look at particularly last year when you get a a cup finals that is Tampa Bay and Dallas, two non-traditional hockey markets, and it, let's be honest about Florida, they're pretty fair weather fans when it comes to just about every sport. Yeah, you end up with a a down year as far as ratings are concerned on the biggest stage that hockey has in in what could have been a moment where hockey is the only sport playing the NHL even screwed it up at that level. But there's, it just feels like the NHL has a lot of opportunity for growth there, but some things have to fall their way, I guess. Well, the sport has to do a way better job. That's for sure. I mean, we we haven't even really talked about the the fact that NBCSN is shutting down that channel, and they're yeah, moving, and they're going to move sports to USA. But well, and they're they're moving a lot onto the Peacock streaming service, which I think is a really interesting development for the future of streaming. It could be a good thing, or it could be a total disaster. I have no idea how it's going to go. I'm the television industry and its future is not an area of expertise and something I am not comfortable with for sure. But the, the game, I think the game has to do a better job of selling itself. And part of its problem is that it does not have a league wide appeal the way that say the NBA does Mm -hmm. when, when the NBA gets into the postseason, everybody goes ballistic because all basketball fans just love basketball. And they'll watch all of it. And like their team, their team will be out, whatever. In basketball, there's only like five teams that you take seriously to begin with. So you already go in knowing that you're playing a rigged game as a basketball yeah, fan. The Nuggets making the conference finals last year was a huge win. Well, it felt like they like it felt like that was their championship. Yeah, like getting exactly. getting getting to the con and then it's like, oh well, the Lakers are just waiting for them. And it's like, cool. Love to be your footprint in history again. And that's it's just different. But in hockey, it's so tribal. You know? Yep. You're it's very like, these are your teams that you root for and anyone yeah. else. Can, oh, I'm can I'm home. I'm rooting for Colorado and St. Louis made the St. Louis and Boston made the finals. I can't stand anybody involved in that. I'm not I'm not touching that. I'm not touching that series at all. Yeah. That series sucks definitely a little bit of the case in hockey i think for sure there's there's less team particularly in the usa i think canada fans in canada are a bit more just all about hockey in general but usa fans tend to be they have their team and that's who they root for and that's about it i will say i i do agree one of our comments in the chat i'm there's several of them so i'm missing a lot but the speed of the game um, and, and getting it back to uh, like, it's not like the eighties where, you know, scoring is out of control, but scoring, scoring is in a place where you're watching exciting games. I mean, look at that Colorado Dallas series where like that was supposed to be a low scoring series and it ended up being balls to the wall. It's some of that is goaltending, but it ended up being like a cra- a crazy series, uh, and not something that you expect out of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Just historically speaking, you know, not 
not you know traditionally you're you're thinking of you know it's 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 well and it's it's a reason why every time you talk about oh what do the abs need to the postseason it's like oh they need grit they need toughness it's i mean it's one of those things where like you said you don't want it to be out of control scoring but you want the threat of scoring to be there every time a team comes up or down the ice right like yeah you don't want to be watching well, that's not true a lot of people do want to watch this but i certainly don't want to continue to watch the way that teams like la and anaheim have played for years where they're going to force you to the wall no one's going to actually get to play with the puck at all and it's just a sloppy mess of a hockey game the talent and the skill level of players is just lost a little bit when that yeah and like there's always going to be that right to an extent, course, there's always right. going to be that stylistic difference, you know. We and when you get away with it, all it all it takes in hockey is you have to play above your head for a week or two, and you're moving on to a round. You're moving on to another round, yeah. and you know we saw that with Dallas last year. It just wasn't wasn't that great of a team, and they they earned their way into the Cup Finals by beating the teams in front of them. And okay. It is, you know, is what it is. But I will say on the whole, I think that where the, where the game is and where it's headed, you know, teams are prioritizing a lot of speed and a lot of skill. Uh, and they're not obsessing so much about we've got to get the six foot five. I'm going to pin this guy against the boards and blah, 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 blah. Right. Like it, it doesn't matter if you put bull bull on skates, if he can't catch anybody. Yeah. <sighs> Bull bull on skates. Bull bull on skates. Be like wow. eight feet tall. Yeah. It'd be amazing. He's already eight feet tall. I think he would hurt himself. <laughs> I don't I don't know how his legs don't snap as they are, given that they're like ninety yeah, percent of his body. Twigs. <laughs> yeah, I don't he, I don't think it would be graceful. Anatomically, he makes no sense. <laughs> I, anyway, his stick would have to be like 18 feet long too, but oh, dude. the custom orders, just put that down in the defensive zone. Just lay it on the ice and be like, either you sauce it over this or you don't. Like... Yes, <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. We can uh, wind anyway. down today's show a little bit. As yeah, we kind of went all over the place. We talked about NHL fandom, some star Wars in there too. Why not? AJ, Avs play the Sharks again tomorrow, looking for their first series sweep slash win of the season. You think they got it in them? Yeah, of course. All right. They've got it in them. I mean. Do you think it will come to fruition then? How about that? Yeah, I feel good about it. Okay. They've played played a couple of really solid games in a row. I feel like they've got the momentum kind of moving in the right direction. And, you know, they survived a bad group hour game. More than so, survived it, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, the, when you get away with your goaltender not playing at his best, um, and arguably that was his worst performance of the season so far, and you don't even, it's not even something we're talking about today, especially because uh, what's going on with Pavel Francos? Yeah, Francos at this point, as reported by Evan Rowell, out indefinitely as is Matt Calvert. So 
the nobody knows what's happening to injured Avs train continues this season. Yeah. I'm just not, I'm just, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I'm, I feel pretty good about how they've played though. I think they, yeah. I think they've strung together some strong defensive efforts. Um, I really like their roster right now. I think it's in a good place. Uh, I, just think that there are guys the, the the big weaknesses that they have on the roster are guys that we look at and say, well, this guy is capable of playing so much better than he has. Yep. And it's not like this guy can't get any better. This is this guy's maxed out. It's like we've seen better from these guys. It's time to it's time to get it. You know, they're not going to score seven again. I don't think tomorrow, but. Uh, with with the Sharks goaltending being what it is, they should definitely, if they put, again, if they put together a strong offensive effort, you have to feel good. Yeah. The, the likelihood of getting goalied is quite low. Yeah. Um, the only other major news to the Avs lineup, uh, Martin Kaut assigned to the Eagles and Logan O'Connor on the taxi squad. Um, thoughts on that? <laughs> my thoughts on that are I'm not going to fight that fight today. <laughs> Yeah, that's really how I feel, man, is I'm just like, you know what? They've got Bowen Byram in the lineup. They're giving him a serious look. They're fighting over a they've, forward right they've now. They've actively rotated in Connor Timmons multiple times already. Like, yeah. I think they're I think they're they'll look for a reason to continue if, to do it. If it's April and Cout hasn't seen another NHL game, then we can have a conversation, but I just, as always, I want to know how the sausage gets made, but I'm, yeah, if we get to that point, I mean, I'm already kind of annoyed by it because it's like, what more does he need to do? What, yeah, what, you gave him five minutes in an NHL game and, you know, he takes one penalty. He it, takes a penalty right at the start and, and like, you're going to crush him for that? It's weird because Byram took a penalty right at the start of his game too and they just kind of let him get away with it. And guess what? It turned out fine. Obviously a little bit of a different talent level there. Of course. Of like, course. you're not looking at Martin Count. And my my problem is that they clearly look at Martin Count and are thinking that he's on the same level as some of these other guys. Yeah. So they and it's like a little bit too much out of him. And I'm like, dude... They might be underselling him. I don't. I don't know. I'm. I'm with you. I shouldn't have even brought it up. Yeah. Anyway, different. Different. Uh, a fight for another day. Definitely a fight for another day is exactly how I would put it. Tired for that one. And there's only so many times you can dig in on this conversation. Yep. And actively ignore the examples that are working to the contrary. Yeah. Like it, it goes to show you, not every situation is exactly the same. Agreed. Uh, I we fight fought this fight plenty over the off season. I, we'll update you when Martin Cout is in the lineup regularly, or it's been an absurd amount of time. Anyway, uh, instead of continuing to talk about that, be sure to like and subscribe to the channel and this video. We do have super chats open. We're working on setting up membershipy stuff on YouTube. It's not live yet, but pretty soon you'll be able to throw up the emotes in chat. If you were on our Twitch channel over the summer, you probably remember some of those, like the moose and the three-headed monster and all of that. So 
keep your eyes peeled for that kind of stuff. If you haven't looked at it, if you want a more positive note to end things on, go read AJ's film room on Bowen Byram. Kid's pretty darn good at hockey. Bunch of excellent stuff in there. Highly recommend you check that out over on the DNVR.com if you have not. Other than that, thank you for watching, listening, however you consume the podcast. We appreciate all of y'all. We will be down at the DNVR bar again tomorrow night to do post-game after the Avs, so be sure to tune in to that one as well. Until then, we'll talk to you guys later.